Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the PreparedX podcast. I'm your host, Rob Burton. And just before we get started, I want to let you know uh, that this episode is brought to you by the International Crisis Management Conference. Uh, For those of you that don't know, we are back uh, in the room together this year, hopefully anyway, um, in the summer. Uh, And that conference is June 7th and 8th in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, If you're not familiar of uh, uh, all details about the conference, then go to crisisconferences.com. That's crisisconferences.com to find out more about the 7th Annual International Crisis Management Conference. Well, today I'm joined by Lucy Dixon, who is the Emergency Planning and Business Continuity Manager at Wakefield Council in the UK. Welcome, Lucy. Hi. Uh, Before we get started, Lucy, can you let our listeners know a little bit more about your career so far, as well as your current role with Wakefield Council? Yeah, no problem. So um, I actually started in emergency planning back in 2010. um, And since then, I've progressed from emergency planning officer to the emergency planning business continuity manager. So lots of experience with um, incidents and emergencies in Wakefield, um, um, motorway crashes, fires, floods, global pandemics. Um, Yeah, we we seem to have them all for such a small city. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it for sure. Um, Okay, then, um, I guess for our listeners, uh, certainly those that uh, are not from the UK, could you let um, our listeners know um, a little bit of a geography lesson about where Wakefield is is located in the UK? Yeah, so Wakefield is um, a city in West Yorkshire um, in the UK. We... um, for, for quite a small, I think we're one of the smallest cities in West Yorkshire, but that doesn't mean that we're not the best, because obviously we are. Um, we've got, in our district, we've got two top-tier um, coma sites. We've got two major motorway networks. So we've got the main motorway networks in the UK, so we've got the M1 and the M62. So the M1 going straight down yeah. um, from Scotland down south and the M62 going across. Um, we've got Wakefield Prison, which is a high-security prison. Um, we've got national rail services and we've got some uh, we've got the river Calder, river air and river Dern that flows through the district and border the district too so it is, there's quite a lot going on yeah yeah no you can imagine that's you know even for a small uh, sized city there um you've got lots of different um elements to to manage as it relates to uh, preparedness so you know interesting environment that you work in mm. Um, okay, let's get started. We've been asking this question um, fairly recently uh, for you know those that have been joining us on the podcast here. But what's your most challenging role during your career so far, and why? Um, I think mine was probably going to be the same as everybody else's. COVID nineteen um, back in March twenty twenty. Obviously, we didn't know um, what was going to happen. We didn't know what was happening during lockdown. Lockdown was most challenging. Um, experiences for a lot of people and for a lot of organisations as well, uh, making sure that we protected the vulnerable, um, giving out food bags, um, food parcels to, to people, 
making sure that vulnerable people are looked after, um, obviously is the main priority. And then obviously helping businesses and helping residents get back to a, a, a new norm. But obviously there were so many variants and there were so many things that happened with changing guidance and, and legislation that it was an evolving time throughout working very closely with partners. We're very lucky in Wakefield um, and in West Yorkshire that we've got some great partners. We've got West Yorkshire Police, we've got West Yorkshire Fire and Rescue, we've got Yorkshire Ambulance Service, um, as well as um, other partners and voluntary organisations. And so one strength that we have found during COVID from March 2020 to today is a very strong um, partnership working really did get us through the hard times um, and leaning on each other um, and forming those relationships as well works you know it, it has just been um, a massive team effort and um, when I say team I don't just mean obviously within our organizations I mean as a district and probably as a nation it's, it's just been um, yeah intense at times but rewarding as well yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's really interesting. You, you know, you talk about those partnerships um, that, you know, they're really, um, really imperative. And, you know, we talk about stakeholder groups, certainly with, with the corporate preparedness work that we do at PreparedX, PreparedX and, and those relationships, you know, are, are critical. And, you know, and working together on a regular basis ensures that you, you know, you can come together in the time of uh, a crisis, if you will, and, uh, you know, make it uh, easier on everyone. So that's uh, a great lesson for, uh, for everyone. Thank Thanks for sharing that. Uh, for our listeners, um, can you let, explain a little bit what happened in in Wakefield as it relates to the fire? I think it was a couple of uh, Januarys back, two years ago, was it? It was. It was in twenty twenty, and do you know what? It was. Just, it was. It was like the beginning of the end. We had a, a large fire, then we had um, two storms, and then we had a global pandemic all within the space of three months. So um, the fire now, um, yeah, it kind of pales into comparison to the to the others. But the fire. Um, we got a phone call. So in Wakefield Council, we have a duty emergency manager, which is the person who's um, the first part of call. And um, they were notified by West Yorkshire Fire and Rescue that there was a, a fire. Could they go down to site? Um, the lady called Michelle, she went down to site and it was they had to evacuate over 300 properties because of the fire. Um, it was a large fire. The, the geography of the fire is in a place called Speedy Bake. Um, which is right in the centre of Wakefield, right next to all the main roads, next to a large residential area as well. So you can imagine the plums of smoke coming up from a bakery, thick black um, smoke. We didn't actually know what was in the smoke at the time, which was one of the hazards. Um, so what we did um, is we formed um, an incident suite. So we came together um, we set up a command structure, so um, strategic, operational um, and tactical command structure and we came together and we did a coordinated response from in Wakefield one so we had uh, sorry within Wakefield one which is main council building we had um, representatives from areas within the council that would respond as well as people um, literally um, at site as well so once again it was, it was very much a partnership working working very close with West Yorkshire Fire and Rescue with West Yorkshire Police and the ambulance service and we had regular meetings um, on the on the hour every hour for a situation update and um, it was declared a major incident at first but then stood down but we had for the council it was the first time that we had to um, establish what we call a, a reception center so a place of safety for residents that have been evacuated from the properties even though we've we've talked about them theoretically we've never actually opened one yeah. um, 
in time of an emergency. So that was, um, it was really good to do that and to put all our plans into practice and thankfully they did work. So um, people that were displaced from their homes went to, it was a sports centre that we allocated as a reception centre. They were there from four o'clock in the afternoon till about 11. Um, we provided them with um, food. So everyone got a pizza uh, from what I can remember. Um, and then we contacted the doctor because some people have to leave the house quite fast. So there were some people that needed urgent medication. Yep. So the doctor went down on site and they were prescribing um, medication for them. And pharmacists were on hand as well to give medication. Um, it was as much as exercises can prepare you for it. It was as much um, a test of our plans as well as making sure that we, you know, we did everything right as much as we could. And, and I think we're very lucky as well as, as a local authority that we have got a lot of people within our organisation that do, as soon as they get a call, down, down tools and, and help out where they can. So we have a, a bank of crisis support officers and crisis support officers are, are staff within Wakefield Council who volunteer out of hours to help if there's an emergency. So we put a notification out, can you come and assist? And we had a great uptake on that with people wanting to come down to the reception centre, um, obviously ordering pizzas, making sure that people were safe and well, making sure they were well looked after, giving them a situational update as well. So when we got the, so we were having multi-agency calls on the hour, every hour, and then we were phoning down to the reception centre to find out what was happening with residents there and to let them know what messages were being passed back from that scene, you know, what, what time estimation were, if they were going to go home, if they couldn't go home, did they have any relatives that needed us to contact? Um, I think it, it tested every single plan that we had um, and it was for a test it, it, it worked really well um, and it was a very well organized response to an incident. Yeah that's incredible thanks for sharing the story there. I, I had one quick uh, thing early on, early on you said there was some 300 uh, businesses uh, or residents that were um, evacuated what what kind of numbers were you talking about in terms of uh you know the, the public that had to move out of the area well it's funny you should say that because i wasn't on call at the time so um i got the phone call um i was out shopping with my daughter and she said oh if you, your bag's ringing um so thankfully she was there and it was oh we've got 300 properties that need to be evacuated and i said that i'm sure it won't be 300 properties you know are you sure it's 300 properties yeah, definitely and then uh, yes it's definitely this is the largest I have had in a long time so then obviously it depends how, how many people are in a household yeah um so then we we're thinking is this 300 times five I think it's a, you know the average family number um but thankfully a lot of people it was a saturday afternoon some people were at work mm -hmm. some people were um, out shopping um, some people were in the house or were evacuated and i think we had about 28 that actually came to our reception center Yep. And other people decided to go to family and friends and stay there until they were allowed back into the homes. Yeah, amazing uh, uh, in terms of that coordination of, of all those different agencies that came together. So, uh, you know, kudos to the city there for uh, mm. for this response. Uh, what was your specific, uh, you know, I think you've touched on probably a couple of, uh, it sounds like you had more than one role on this particular day, but uh, what was your role during the emergency? My role was, just, um, was the emergency planning representative. So we did have a duty emergency manager on call and she went to the reception centre. Then we did set up a command structure with um, a gold silver um, there and they were obviously you know, making decisions. Um, we were logging everything. 
And it was just, it was to be the emergency planning advisor, really, making sure that all actions were logged, making sure that we had all the meetings in place with partners and just kind of making sure that everything ran smoothly um, was my role throughout it. Because it, it does, my personal opinion is to, to do a well-organised response to an incident is that you do need to work, you do need to have those strong relationships. Yeah. And thankfully, um, the, the staff involved were, you know, all wanted to come in, all work together and all wanted to make the difference. So it, it was just, just pulling in on those links really, the people that you know and, and in different organisations too. Um, and just, yeah, just, just pulling everything together, I suppose, would be my role. Coordinating would be the official term. Yeah, it sounds like, um, you know, the system that uh, the, the UK uses in terms of emergency response is, uh, you know, obviously a tried and tested system. Uh, I think here in North America, we use the instant command system from um, uh, from FEMA, um, you know, which is, you know, you know, somewhat similar in terms of that coordination piece. I know you have uh, the different levels there of uh, of the response Um and it's the same here in terms of that structure, the organizational structure from an mm. incident command stamp, standpoint there. So, uh, again, good, good um, I'm sure that's practiced and trained on a you know somewhat regular basis as well to ensure that uh, times like this uh, you can fit into those roles, um, you know, as, as smoothly as possible. Yeah, definitely. We do. We work with Jessup principles, so we make sure that we all work together, sharing information, um, try to work together in one location if we can. We didn't do it on this occasion, mainly because of the large scale of the fire and staff being in different, you know, working in different areas. But that is something that we do push um, very, very hard to make sure that we are, we are all centrally located and about sharing those messages. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in terms of uh, some of the lessons that you personally learned uh, with regards to, to the fire, what would they be? My lesson. I think it, it kind of merges into quite a few because we had the fire and then we had the floods. And I think it's just about uh, making sure that you're very clear in what you're saying, making sure that you do pull in on those relationships and having the right people in the room um, and making sure that you've got decision makers that are confident to make a decision. Because what we do push, um, and we try to push on a regular basis as well with all our training is um, as a commander, so as a strategic gold or a... Um, a tactical um, commander, that you are making the right decision with the information that you have at the time. Um, and that's something that we try to push and that's something that, while with all our plans in the Wakefield district, we try to keep every plan that we've got generic. So if we've got an evacuation like the speed debate fire was, we're still doing, we're still keeping to our plans because it doesn't matter why you're evacuating, if it's a fire, if it's a flood, um, what the reason for the evacuation is. And that's something that I also think is, is a strength, is making sure that you do keep plans generic because the more you drill down and the more you have specific plans for specific um, incidents or emergencies, it can be quite limiting. Um, so just if you keep everything generic and just make sure that people that you've got designated as um, your commanders are well-trained, um, chaptered and versed in their role, really, and make sure that they do know that if they're a strategic commander and they're given the overview of the street to the a strategic overview that they remain strategic they don't start dipping down into the tactical yeah. element it's yeah. just about making sure that they've got those boundaries and they do know their roles because as, as helpful as it is at the time because every you know everybody's trying the hardest it can blur lines and it can cause some confusion so that's my lessons 
Yeah, you know, that's a great lesson. We did a tabletop recently where we had uh, the different teams and it was it was cyber related in a corporate environment. And, uh, you know, th there were those leaders that want to step outside of their lanes. You know, we talk about swim lanes often as one term that's used for, you know, staying in staying in your lane as it relates to your 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 role uh, in the incident. And, uh, you know, that certainly was a challenge for, for this organization. So it's uh, it's not uncommon, I guess. No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so finally, as we start to wrap up here, um, you know, how important uh, are exercises in terms of preparing for these types of emergencies and, and others? Oh, exercises are imperative because it, it just gets everybody thinking. I mean, we did an exercise last year. We did a, a multi-agency strategic exercise about cyber too. And it really did flag up quite a lot of concerns in relation to vulnerabilities in cyber and obviously business continuity. Yeah. Um, I mean, COVID-19 was a massive business continuity incident in itself, and it still is making sure that um, everybody's resilient and still can be able to continue their critical functions. And I think exercising, it's about making sure that everybody gets a chance to do it as well. We all default to when we've got an incident. I'm sure we've all got a lot of people that would, would dial first, but we do need to make sure to be resilient, that everybody needs to be trained. Because um, if you keep defaulting to them, you know, Bob, uh, one day Bob might be there, so then what are you going to do? So it's it's just making sure that everybody is trained in different areas and have got that awareness and keep pushing the emergency planning and business continuity agenda. Yeah, I, lo I love what you said right at the beginning there because uh, you, you mentioned it gets gets everyone thinking and, uh, you know, that's, mm -hmm. you, you know, it, it's that, you know, it's almost like you know the penny dropping you know moment where you know you know individuals you know start to you know really you know think about you know how they would deal with this you know so so a well created and, and well scripted scenarios uh, go go a long way to to help uh, teams you know really with that you know that thought process. Definitely, yeah, and, and challenging them and actually asking you know during an exercise, direct questions. What do you think should happen? And, and just ask, and it's not. You know, it's done in a safe environment in, in a constructive way. And it's just to make sure that people are confident in their decision making as well. Because at the end of the day, if you're on call and it's out of hours and you do get that incident, it will be you making that decision. So testing them in a safe environment for when or if um, an incident does happen is, is probably the best way. Yeah, and it's also when you when you ask those questions as well. You you've often got a, a, um, a lot of great ideas out there, you know, in terms of those folks that are participating. And sometimes, um, you know, if an individual is not in included in the conversation, you know, maybe they've got something that uh, you know would turn out to be an advantage to to the you know to the whole exercise or to the to the whole planning process. So you want to try and get as many people involved as possible. Definitely, yeah. And working with partners. I mean, I'm a massive advocate for partnership working. Uh, working with partners you know they bring a different dimension and you can all help each other it really does work well yeah okay well that was a really good episode today lucy um you know thanks for joining us uh, from wakefield in the uk do you have any final comments for our listeners and uh how can they get a hold of you if they want to reach out um no final comments really other than you know keep testing your plans keep revising your plans because once you've written it you need to test it as, as everybody knows and and just keep reviewing them. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. If anybody wants to contact me, I'm more than happy to be contacted um, and answer any questions if, if anybody has any more. Great. And we'll add uh, Lucy's uh, LinkedIn uh, link, if you will, um, in the um, show notes uh, for today's podcast. Thank you once again, uh, Lucy, for your time today. And hopefully we'll be chatting with you again soon. Thank you.
Well, that's it for episode 92 already of the podcast here at PreparedX. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, rate us on iTunes or any of the other podcast outlets where you might be listening uh, to this. And uh, have a safe and productive day. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm.